Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. everybody this is nikki from motherhood unfiltered it's going to be okay and today i have di manuel on the line with me and he is someone who is full of excitement he's a super dad he dates his wife and he likes to lead by example living and he has a contagious personality and he struggles with you know his camera every once in a while but you know, that's okay because we could still do those things and have fun. Before I bring him on, I just want to remind everybody that if you're listening to the podcast, please go out and rate and review the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you've already done that, then you're awesome. And just share it with someone that you care about. So without further ado, let's get Di back on here. And, uh... <laughs> I was like, should I wait? I know, I know, right? What's he doing? Is he tying his shoe? <laughs> <laughs> Introduction, by the way, and if you all caught that little comment about the camera, a little side joke. <laughs> all extremely panicked and sweating, feeling my anxiety through the roof. <laughs> camera to work. <laughs> so uh, I, I showed up ten minutes. So, but she, it's gracious. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, you know, technology is awesome until it isn't. So that's right. <laughs> you know, that's- Mm-hmm. I oh think we've all, I know we've all had those technical problems and oh, man. I, I think I finally got over the one technical issue where I can hear myself echoey and oh, I can hear myself like repeating myself. And I would ask the guests, can you hear me twice? And they're like, no, <laughs> I don't hear anything, you know, but then when I go back and listen to it, I like, I, I repeated everything I've said. Oh no! Well, what? So, what actually that that created that? I think I had because I had my hearing aids in and I had a speaker on. I think it was feedback against each other. So I got these. Yeah, I got these. So I don't, and I just turned the hearing aids off. So <laughs> perfect. Because yeah. that sounds familiar. I remember having an issue like that, and that's actually why I started wearing the headset plugged into my mic. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I would get that occasionally too. I get like the the double speak, and I'm like. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't have a stutter. Like, what's up? You know, this <laughs> is not me, or is it me? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I got worked you, really hard as a kid to get rid of the stutter. Just so you know, so full disclosure here. My parents would be happy to know that I'm talking about my therapy. Uh, anyway, so, uh, 
also being an introvert most of my life, you know, showing up for something like this, it's always a challenge, you, you know, pushes myself, but I love I know, it. I, I know. I, I, I definitely can relate to the introvert thing because, I mean, I would just go bonkers over the littlest thing. Like, oh, yeah. my Lord, I know everybody's staring at me, yep. you know? Like, am I that now? I'm like, was I that important? So, Di, I'm so glad we like we scheduled this early, early on, I think before summer, and we just had different things come up. And so, I feel like, you know, I was, it was a big deal. You know, we things happen, and sometimes I feel like things change for a reason. And it's really been on my mind um, lately about addiction. I come from a family of addiction and, and I know that you have, you know, struggled with that. So kind of tell us like your beginning and how you got, you know, out of that and how you're living your best life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always a work in progress. But I have to say, you know, through the years of, of just working through a lot of my stuff, <laughs> you start to realize that the stuff is actually stuff that makes us who we are. <laughs> and as much as there's areas that we can come to full agreement and be like, yeah, well, I think it could be better over here, you know, but it's right. recognizing that the situations often lead to our development of who we are now. <laughs> and I didn't always feel that way. I, I gotta be honest with you. You know, when you're going through yeah. a struggle and something hard, I mean, that's all you can see. It's like right in front of you. It's like someone holding a sign up and putting it an inch from your nose. It's like, yeah, I, I yeah. don't understand anything, but I know there's a sign in front of it. I can't read it. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and it's like when you have like you're out of like, focus. Yes, yes, that's yeah. a that's an even better way to put it. You know, because it is, and yeah. you can't see anything beyond that. Yeah, and, and that's the neatest thing, though. You know, whether it be mm -hmm. recovery, whether it be coming overcoming a, 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 a like a speech impediment or overcoming, a, a, you know, being introverted and yet showing up to share a message. And, you mm -hmm. know, we're doing things in spite of. The challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have that ability in us. We all have it. It's in our DNA. I mean, look at humanity. We are a very resilient species. You know, like we have talked to this planet to like 8 billion people. But, you know, at my, my climate change friends, they're like, yeah, we're too resilient. But uh, regardless, you know, that side conversation, that's just, it's in our DNA. We are very good yeah. at adapting and true. So I want to just, you know, start with that because when I start to share a bit of my story, I didn't always feel that way about change. Full disclosure. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I used to struggle with change a lot. I used to feel like a victim of change. Like it didn't matter what was mm. happening in my life, this change is happening whether I like it or not. And I really don't want it. And oh, woe is me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would always fight against change. Mm. Because first of all, I was arrogant enough to think that, well, I'm just perfect the way I am, you know, and then when uh, someone would point, you know, someone would point out something, you know, hey, you need to do this or you stop. Then I'm like, how dare you tell me that I've done something wrong, <laughs> you know? And then after I had my boys and they've grown up and are remarried and, um, and now I'm like, oh my Lord. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing to admit, but yeah, it's, um, I realizing now that I still have more to learn, you know, especially about myself. So, oh, I like that you said that. 
But also, thank, th- you. thank you for sharing the, the, the sort of focus or desire to constantly be moving towards perfection. Mm-hmm. It, many of us, and I would say almost the majority of people that I've ever encountered or, or gotten to know, deal with the same thing. You know, like we have an mm-hmm. idealized picture of who we believe that we are or who we want to become. Mm-hmm. And if anything doesn't align with that picture, it's amazing how much negativity will follow, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it, and, and, yeah. and in self-reflection, right? It's just like, how do we see ourselves? And I, mm-hmm. I know I used to really, I had to work really hard to move past my perfectionist brain because I was yeah. never satisfied. I was never happy. Mm-hmm. And the more I chased perfection, the more unhappy I became. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I changed the focus from perfection to progression mm-hmm. that things really started to change for me. Wow. You know, because yeah. every day is a matter of week and I'm going to be like, okay, what's one little thing I can do that's better than I did it yesterday? You know, what is that one thing I can do and improve on tomorrow that maybe I didn't do as well on today? And so it's always yeah. setting the intention for a better tomorrow, but also recognizing right now is where everything happens. So what can I do mm-hmm. right now? And yeah, and just being satisfied with the commitment to doing things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, all change happens by doing stuff, right? And people will say, yeah, immediate action, right? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, you're, you're right. Because things only happen when we take action, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think back to my own story, you know, I was early on in my life at age nine, my parents separated and ultimately divorced about 18 months after that. Mm-hmm. I had a younger brother, two years my junior. And, you know, just put it in perspective, he was about seven, almost eight, and I was approaching uh, 10 and mm-hmm. our world got rocked. You know, I'm going to date myself right now. I'm 45, going to be 46 yeah. in a month. And you go mm-hmm. back, you know, 35 years, there was only one other kid in my entire class of 30 <laughs> students yeah. that had parents that weren't originally together, you know, that were actually separated right. and divorced. So right. it's not like it is today. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm embarrassed to even say some of the statistics today because, you know, there's more marriages that fail than succeed. And that's a very mm-hmm. scary thing to acknowledge, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. what does that say about family values? What does that say about communication? What does that say about trust? Like very, very deep, integral values that help us be the best versions of ourselves. And yet, mm-hmm. if those are lacking in a relationship, we know the direction. And- yeah, I I. I am so with you on that because, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today. I'm like, what is the future going to be for, mm. I reference my granddaughter. Oh, geez. Yeah. You know, she's not going to know anything, you know, that I, I want to say moral, you know, mm. moral, you know, living or whatever you want to uh, label it now. But I, you know, I just see, you know, our younger kids struggling with, being versatile, critical thinking, you know, yes. things like that. And I feel like that is comes from a foundation of, you know, being in a, a family structure, yeah. you know, and today I feel like that, that is being picked apart, yes. you know. Yes. I think you're saying that really well, Nikki, because you're right. It, it's, uh, well, it just, it, 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 we can see where there's cracks you know, in yeah. the foundation, so to speak. And, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to build any sort of in, integral structure on a foundation that's not rock solid. Yeah. And so yeah. we look at where do a lot of the values start in the home? Mm-hmm. They start at home, you know, and, and mm-hmm. here's something just for everybody to take note of. 
because a lot of people believe, you know, it's our right to be happy. And, it, and I honestly believe it's our birthright. Every single human being that ever comes into existence, it's your birthright to be happy, to experience yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Our brains aren't wired to be happy, you know? But they are <laughs> wired to learn, all right? They're wired to learn. And the two most effective ways we all learn is through mentorship and uh-huh. modeling and modeling. You know, whether it be role modeling or modeling somebody else has mm-hmm. done something and trying to do it ourselves. And I can just think about that as anything that you've ever learned in your life, those two things are present. Mm-hmm. You know, they work. So knowing this, especially as people that maybe are approaching that next level where they decide I'm going to be a parent now, or you are a parent, or you're going to be a grandparent, mm-hmm. getting really clear on the impact that you make, whether you acknowledge it or not, you do. Yeah. All your actions that you do, the way you mentor those kids, the way you model Mm -hmm. certain behavior, that is their very first impression to developing those own skills or beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. When you know that, I know it sounds scary, doesn't it? It sounds scary. I have that level of responsibility to another human being's life. And it's it's true. It's it's also super, you know, because we have an opportunity to create a human being that's going to be just a great version of, of humanity. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? See, oh, I thought about that. Trust me. My kids, they lived it because, you know, most of the time I was raising them, I, we, I was a single mom. I felt like every decision I made was like a life and death mm. you know, decision with them. And are they going to grow up to be responsible adults and not, you know, be criminals? You know, that was like on the forefront of my mind. And, and so in that, I mean, some of that is okay, but I felt like I did it too much. And so, you know, when, especially like my middle son, so does he graduated, he got the heck out of Dodge, you know, because mom was just wanting to make sure that he was safe in a bubble, you know? (laughs) So I definitely think it's okay but you have to you have to balance that you know Mm. because I try to tell them that okay this is the way I believe and this is how I feel you should take care of the situation but I want you to learn how to make that decision on your own but you've got to let them do it yeah you know and sometimes I was like I can't let you do that (laughs) I can appreciate that. You know, I've got a 17 and 19 year old daughters, you know, and uh, it's wild because, you know, as they've been, you know, just, just sort of going down that path of having their first serious relationships. Right. And Oh man, it's so hard. Is it ever right? And and more than that, it's also like, you know, sort of the direction it might be going and you, you can, you know, we, we're pretty good at this. Like we've been experiencing relationships a lot longer than they have. And and if we've Mm -hmm. been, you know, astute to picking up on the signs, we've, we've probably learned a thing or two. <laughs> and as much as we might see the direction they're going and we know, oh my goodness, you're going down this path. Well, there's a big pitfall coming. You know, please watch out. You know, maybe, maybe this isn't the route to go. Maybe we'll take a detour. You know, like this is going on in our subconscious. It's going on in our minds. Yeah. We want to protect them. But I know. that's where all the learning is, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. they have to learn the lesson themselves. But it, it is probably the hardest thing as a parent, I, I feel personally, to just allow them the space to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. 
it's really uh, uh, something that I've struggled with because it's also like how much parenting should I be doing, you know? And, and, and <laughs> yeah, and parenting and dictatorship. Ah, it sounds similar, right? It sounds similar. Uh, not so much. They but, definitely uh, called it uh, the dictatorship, you know, whenever. That's like what kids will call it, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. But, you know, in all seriousness, you know, when my parents separated and divorced at that age, I just felt like my whole world was gone, you know, like it just yeah. crumbled around me and yeah. I didn't know myself well enough, nor did I feel confident in the family relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and based on that, I was looking for something that was stable, that something that I could count on. And for me, what that turned out to be was, you know, because I, I, I noticed that's when I really started to notice some mental health challenges. You know, I can call it that now, but back then I was feeling very nervous, very anxious all mm -hmm. the time. Um, yeah. Feeling, wanting to isolate. But, but also when I discovered the form of escapism and it was through food, video games and movies, dopamine oh, yeah. hits, right? Like I yeah. learned to eat my emotions. I also learned how to distract myself in the moment by playing video games, watching movies, just escaping my reality. Oh yeah. Yeah. Five years I would live like that, you know, five years, you know, from age nine to 14. And I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. To the point, yeah, we're almost at 15 years old. We were at the, the doctor's office and he pulls my mom aside. He's like, Betty Ann, your son dies morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. Now, my BMI was well into the 40s. Like, wow, if yeah. anybody understands BMI, like, that's significant. Okay, at age 15, and I had not really hit puberty yet, and my puberty was um, stunted based uh -huh. on my poor lifestyle and the poor nutrition yeah. and lack of movement. Like, it just all these compounding effects that weren't helping mm -hmm. me at all. And yeah. And yet that's how I learned to cope with things. And um, yeah. it, it led to a lot of depression, greater mm -hmm. anxiety. And, and, uh, and at that time, yeah, at that time, how would your parents or your, well, your parents know that, oh, uh, dies depressed. They, they wouldn't. Uh, they, they, they were aware, Nikki, to be fair, they could tell that I wasn't, you know, as parents, we can tell when our kids aren't authentically happy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm using the term authentically happy because I mean, everybody can sort of fake happiness. We can't. And mm -hmm. if you're going to fake something till you make it, happiness is a pretty good one to fake. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but as parents, we can tell. We can tell when it's, it's really they're feeling that or they're just trying to put on the motions, you know, or, uh, or go through okay. the motions. Yeah. Um, that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know, like when you think about your own kids and, and for myself at that time. Mm-hmm. My dad, he was, had his own business with a partner and he worked a lot. He just worked a lot. He was very committed yeah. to his career. And, and so when my parents separated and ultimately divorced, we'd see my dad every other weekend for mm -hmm. a couple of nights, Friday, Saturday night, you know, we'd hang out with him then and go home on Sundays. But often that weekend would get pushed or, or missed because work commitment, you know? Oh, and so yeah. well, imagine now that means we had to see each other for a month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also had, uh, I'm just being honest here and, and fully transparent that oh, I had animosity towards my dad. You know, I felt that my dad, you know, left my mom, that he gave up on the relationship, left yeah. us in doing so. Like it just, now again, this is just how I was interpreting things. And that was not his intention. My dad wasn't happy in the relationship. Yeah. You know, I want my dad to be happy. I wanted him to. to right, be right. Um, but, you know, I'm nine years old at the time, dealing with a lot of other emotions and, and challenges and, I just didn't have the, the know-with-all to know how to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, 
My mom also had to start working more. She also decided to go back to school to get her master's, <laughs> working full-time to support my brother and I on top of that, you know, so we didn't see my mom a ton as well. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of solo time. And, and so even though I was getting bigger and bigger, my parents saw this happening. They wanted to help. They would often make, hey, we'll get you a personal trainer. We'll get you a gym membership. You know, why don't we hire a nutritionist or a dietitian? Like they were always mm -hmm. coming to me offering to do these things. But every time they did that, all I heard was, die, you're less than you are. Die, <laughs> as good enough as you are. Yeah. Die, yeah. You, change. you know, that's all I heard. Every time they were coming to ask for help or offer help, I just turned to attack and I became very yeah. antagonistic and, and right. Just I instead of just, you know, spending time with you and just accepting you who you were at the moment, you know, mm -hmm. and then realize, oh, he's upset because I mean, obviously they knew it was because of the divorce, but it comes down to, you know, I always felt like I wasn't important enough for my dad to spend time with me, you know? know. Yeah. So, you know, because my parents divorced too when I was seven. And well, no. it, you know, I just, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, he would take, come and take my brother, and, but he would never take my sisters or I. And yeah. so I was like, oh, it's because I'm a girl. Oh, uh, and that's even harder. That's so hard too, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one thing to think that you're, you're, you know, a child of this person, but then now to think that your gender's got something against you as well, right? Like, that's just, that's a double whammy. I mean, you don't get out of that, right? Like, it's, uh, yeah, no, you don't. I mean, like, there was four, uh, four girls and one boy. So, I mean, wow. like, no brainer. We'll just take the boy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you no, dealt with that, you know? And, Oh, but, I know, but it just, you know, like you said, it was just something I had to learn from. And so everything, you know, that when I was raising my boys was, oh, my parent did it this way. Mm. I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> you know? Cool rebellion, right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, we, yeah, that's a whole other side conversation. I, I guess, you know, before we dive into that, let, at, at 15, something interesting happened. You know, mm -hmm. at 15 years old, obviously I'm the heaviest I've ever been at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. Very unhealthy. You know, I had knee issues, back issues. And it was just because I was carrying so much extra weight and I wasn't doing anything to offset that to strengthen my body. Yeah. One morning, I just had this realization, this, this mm -hmm. clarity moment where I all of a sudden got really, really honest with myself and, and it's interesting to be able to, to say this now as I reflect, and I've had a lot of years, I'm going to be fair, therapy as well to figure this all out. Uh, yeah. um, so when I'm unpacking this, realize I didn't feel this way at the time, but now I have the language and the understanding to articulate and explain it. At, at 15, you know, I, I had this moment where I asked myself, you know, like, gosh, I, I know that things started to change for me, not in a positive way, when mom and dad separated. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's been about five years since that happened. In these last five years, this is my lot. And what I mean by that is <laughs> I remember I was looking in the mirror. I got out of the shower. Usually I would go in the shower and stay an extra long. So the mirrors would be covered in condensation. So I wouldn't have to look at my reflection when I got out. Like oh that's God, one of the hacks. Okay? Like I, I avoided <laughs> looking at myself because I, every time I saw it, I, I felt just disgust and hate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was like, yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't want to know you, you know, and, and that mm -hmm. was just my feeling. Now, 
this one morning, being rushed, I get out of the shower, I see my profile, and I do not know why, still to today, why I decided to turn and lock eyes, but I did. And as I started to scroll down with my gaze and locked in on my belly, mm. and as I started, I take my eyes back up to my face. You know, even though I was toweling off, I had to towel off again because the tears were literally streaming down my face onto my chest. And Aww. I was just sobbing uncontrollably. You know, the ugly mm-hmm. cries. Where, yeah. You know, everything's yeah. out the window. All you know is what you're doing in that moment. And it's just like, mm-hmm. please get all this out of me. Just get it out of me. And yeah. it felt cathartic. Okay. It felt, I felt the release by just letting myself go that way. But mm-hmm. in that moment, and this is the, the clarity moment I'm talking about. I realized that it took me five years to get to that place of unhealth. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to be like that anymore. And I knew in my mind, if I don't make a change starting right now, when I get five years from now, you know, five years down the future, when I turn 20, and if I haven't made any changes, I know it's not going to be any better than I am right now. In fact, if I go off the last five years trends, I know the direction (laughs) I'm going to continue to go. Yeah, you may not make it. Yeah. Well, that's great realization. It's like, oh my goodness, I know things won't get better if I don't do something about this. Yeah, yeah. And it was in that moment where I made a decision. I want to get healthy, and that was all I thought. I want to get healthy. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that would look yeah. like. Right. But I knew I wanted to get healthy, and I, I walked into that bathroom, towel around my waist, found my dad, who was in the other room, and I'm like, Dad, I want to get healthy, and and it, you know. For about five years, my mom and dad have been coming to me, offering all these ways to help. But I, every time they come, I'd say, no, thank you. Like, and I never say it that politely, <laughs> by the way. Um, but I, I would put up a fight and push them away and, and get really angry. Yeah. But in this yeah. moment, my dad saw, I was like, oh my gosh, the guy is asking for help. I better, you know, whatever he asked, yes. <laughs> you know, I could tell yeah. that it was in his body language. <laughs> I could tell he was like perking up and he was like, okay, what, 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 what can we do? Yeah. What would you like to do? And I'm like, you know what? I, I like to, to get a bike. Oh. As I remembered as a kid, I used to love to ride my bike. It was an activity yeah. I enjoyed doing. I knew enough that people that bike a lot, they tend to, they look pretty healthy. So maybe mm-hmm. if I start sleep, that would be a good place to start. And, and, and so right. took me out in the afternoon and we bought me a bike. That's I amazing. literally started that afternoon. My dad yeah. would be borrow his old Sony AM FM radio. You remember the old yellow bricks? Those old yellow ones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go, you let me borrow that. And I used to think that was the coolest thing because it had an auto flip, right? It would play to one side and then it would flip over. You can listen to the second side. And I know. But so I got the yellow brick and I had a, a, a tape. It had Tragically Hip on one side and it had Allison Chains on the other. These are, are a couple of bands from the back in the day. And I know who they are. That's why I can't as much. And, but I knew this. I would listen to one side and as soon as it would flip over to the other side, I knew it was time to turn around and go home. And that's how I yes. knew how far I would go was just based on how long the tapes played. And that's what. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. 
Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hi, I'm Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. I had to tell you, I have put together a list of my top 10 most played episodes. So go to my website, www.nickiasherbowling.com forward slash my mixed tape, tape list. Yeah, it's called my mixed tape list. And I know I've dated myself. However, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes or Spotify. I got to work. I just started doing that. And, and then I went to the library. I got books out to educate myself. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I knew it's like, hey, can I actually get healthy? That was the question I asked myself. Can I do this? And I was like, mm-hmm. I think I can. But I, I yeah. know that there's a lot of things I just don't know. So mm-hmm. if I can get clear on what it is I have to do, I think I can do this. So it was mm-hmm. educated. Yeah. So I, the library. My kids are like, yeah, just Google it. I'm like, hey, your dad's older than you. You know? <laughs> I just have no clue how hard it used to be to get information. <laughs> and uh, so it, that, was, that was the funny part of it. Like I, I got this education yeah. and started to just implement what I was learning. Mm, yeah. So, sure enough, Nikki, just in a matter of days and weeks, I saw things get. Yeah. Yeah. I the belief in myself for the first time in my life that I can actually create the change that I want. Up to that point, I always felt like a victim of change. I felt like it was. Yeah. Was that like my parents divorcing? I was like, yeah. that's massive change. It's, com- uh-huh. you can't do anything about this. It's, it's, I don't want this, you know? And, and yet it's happening. Right. Anyway. So, you know, that was my first major moment where I was like, change sucks. <laughs> you know, like, was like, <laughs> <laughs> like change. and it affected me very negatively, you know? And, um, yeah, for two years, I committed to just moving my body more and making yeah. better decisions on how I eat. And it took almost two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To realize a new lifestyle, release that weight, and to get to that place where all of a sudden I could look in the mirror and say, you're healthy. Yep. I'm healthy, you know? And uh, now it doesn't mean I was emotionally healthy or psychologically healthy. I still had my own mental health challenges I'm working through, but yeah, yeah. I felt mm-hmm. great. And it gave me the confidence to be able to start doing some of the other work as well. So that's why I just wanted to quickly end that story. Just uh, so, so everyone realized. No, that's right. Okay. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Cause definitely something like that does not happen overnight, but so, you know, you realize that, Hey, I can make, I can make a change, Mm -hmm. but do you think that things happen in life where we forget that we're able to go back to that point and make a change? Absolutely. You know, yeah, life, life is crazy. I mean, it is. There, there's yeah. so many uh, and pre- unpredictable and, and, and just things that don't happen to plan most of the time, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and the interesting thing, you know, if you, like, I, I, I think about Buddha at times, you know, and Buddha, that, mm-hmm. you know, it was like 2,500 years ago. He, he's like, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing that we know that's absolute except for one thing. And that one thing is that nothing stays as it is. 
<laughs> you know, that was all he said. He said, you know, the only thing that you can count on in life is that nothing mm-hmm. will stay the same. Yes. And when you accept that impermanence and the impermanence mm-hmm. nature of just everything that we understand, you start to realize like, wow, why do I treat change so negatively? Like it's going to happen anyway. So maybe I should have a better relationship with it. What yeah. if I start to be more proactive in the changes I want to see? And, you know, Gandhi really, he, he embodied this, right? He was always mm-hmm. about be the change you want to see in the world. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what he was referring to. You know, he's like, just act as if you were living as that individual or that person. And it's like, if you want to be someone that's seen as being more trustworthy, well, mm-hmm. you got to be more trustworthy. Just act and do things that be- develop trust, you know, and you will become yeah. seen as more trustworthy. So, you know, like, it's just, sometimes you just got to trust the process and go through the motion. and. You know, mm-hmm. just hope that, yeah, it's going to work out the way I intended. No, it doesn't always, but, but for the most part, it does. You, right, right. About it, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he asked me about addiction. So as much as I had that emotional eating issue, when I got into my late teens, my early 20s, I realized, mm-hmm. wow, here I got fit. I do feel a bit more confident about myself physically speaking, but emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, psychologically, I didn't feel very confident. And mm-hmm. as such, I was still looking for ways to cope with that. I went from free right. to alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So I just traded one for the other, which, you know, led to another 16 years of me abusing my body and, mm-hmm. and abusing a relationship with alcohol, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think that, I mean, why do we jump from one thing to another, you know, with addiction? I just, I, I see it all the time, you know? And I look at something like addiction, to me, it's all the same, you know, whether it's alcohol, food, TV, porn, games, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, whatever it is for, you know, whoever, whatever it is for that individual person. Yeah. So, I mean, what, you know, what was the one thing that made you realize, well, crap, die, I need to stop this. I need to stop living like this, you know? Well. I'm a slow learner, <laughs> so and it's uh, it took a little while. All right, it's, no, uh, I bet a lot of people can relate to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. I mean, it's not. I mean, if we all just knew the answer and knew what to do, we would just do it. I would think. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, that's again, it comes down yeah. to motivation and, mm-hmm. and inspiration, and and also that confidence that we get when we get clear on what we want. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know what we want, so it's really hard to commit to any one thing if we're not really sure of. What do we want? And yeah, yeah, for me, it wasn't until I started to get clear on what I want, but more importantly, who I want to be. Hmm. And when I became more and more clear on that, it at least gave me confidence that I knew what direction to start going. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I knew what things to start doing more of. You know, it's, it's sort of like, I, I want to get healthier. Well, I know if I change how I eat, even if that's just changing one meal a day, mm-hmm. and I know if I make a point of, moving my body with purpose for at least 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. or 15 minutes, honestly, at the very least, if you can do 1% of every 24 hours and dedicate to me moving my body for fitness, mm-hmm. that over time will compound positively, you know, and, and we sometimes just have to trust that those little daily deposits will have a large ROI when we expand over time. But, you know, in order us. to, yeah, but in order to make that change, you have to realize what it is that you want to become. Exactly. And, and getting clear on your values, getting clear on what does it mean to be integral? 
And what I mean by that is like, are you a person that says what you do and do what you say? You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. if you're acting like that more often than not, you probably feel pretty good about yourself. And that's just something that I know, whether it's negative or positive, what you're doing, right? Like it's at least yeah. you're making the commitment to yourself and you maintain the commitment to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Others, you know, so people all of a sudden now you become somebody that others can count on. But my mm-hmm. thing I always push back on people is, can you count on yourself? Oh, God. And if you, you can't say that, that you're in trouble. Isn't that hard, though? It's a hard one to be honest with, right? It's like, can I actually yeah. count on myself to follow through with this? I don't know. Like, Because I've tried stop drinking a number of times, right? And yeah, you know, really, yeah. what, with addictions, what's really interesting, and, you know, and, and I use the term addiction loosely. I know there's a lot of different differing opinions around what that means. Yeah, right. And, and so... What I want to present is just think about it this way. It's our relationship to something. And that relationship yeah. we say is the most important relationship above all else in our life. So we literally value that thing more than we value maybe our own life, people in our life. You know, like in those moments, I knew what I was doing. I would choose to turn my phone off so I could say, oh, sorry, babe, the, the battery must have died on my phone. I didn't know what yeah. time it was, you know, like. Yeah. Extra rounds. Sorry. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's two in the morning now. Oh boy. Well, you know, the, I was very selective on some things I would do, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. to make myself feel better in the moment, but also to justify why I was doing what I was doing. And mm-hmm. oh gosh, I was basically God, saying, like, my yeah, well, you might relate <laughs> to that. It's like I was valuing alcohol and my relationship to alcohol or the relationship with my family and the relationship with myself. Yeah. Yeah. So we think about it, it's a value proposition. It's a relationship, if you will. And I was literally prioritizing that relationship above everything else. And, and I realized if I wanted to see these changes, and ultimately mm-hmm. it came to the forefront 13 years ago when my wife sat me down and we were discussing what it was going to be like to separate and ultimately divorce and raise mm-hmm. our kids separately. What was co-parenting going to look like? That was the topic of discussion. I was not prepared for it. I wasn't expecting it. But I deserved it's it. It's not easy. You, no. It's not I was, easy. <laughs> I deserve it. Like, just so you know, like I was during those years, I just learned to, to deal with my anxiety without uh-huh. And yeah. it affected my personal relationships, it affected my professional relationships. And yeah. I always felt out of integrity, you know, because here I am someone that's a big proponent for people maintaining or regaining their health, mm-hmm. you know, yep. on the inside yeah. out, you know, like. But I felt like a bit of an imposter at times because I oh, had yeah. this poor way of dealing with the overwhelm of life. Mm-hmm. The hustle with the bustle, as I say, you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't very good at juggling that. And, and man, she, she sat me down and she asked me a question. She, she, Nick, Nikki, she said, Diary, you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters. That question changed oh, my entire God. life like that was the most impactful question i've ever been asked in my entire life to this date she lowered the boom on you <laughs> me did and then some you know and and here's the thing at this point this is 13 years ago so i was 33 almost 34 and mm-hmm. and i started thinking and of how i could justify the person that i was how could i defend my drinking oh, right you. And I started to realize in the moment, I was like, that is the stupidest argument I've ever heard. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to justify what I was doing 
justify how I valued alcohol over my kids and over my wife and how I kept choosing to mm -hmm. do that instead of them. Oh, I'm my sure God, Daya. I've done that oh, so many times. It's crazy, right? Like, it is. And I know there's people listening or watching this right now that are like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, this is like what I deal with. And you're not alone. In fact, there is a tremendous amount of people that deal with this all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're yeah. not alone in this battle, this fight, this place around change, you know, or, or taking yeah. control of our lives. And my, when my wife asked me that question, I realized I could not give any answer that would justify what I was doing. Nothing. There was nothing I could say that would mm -hmm. say that what I've been doing for those 15 years was healthy, mm -hmm. was the right way to do it. I knew deep down it wasn't. Right. And right. It was in that moment. I literally, I, 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 my wife and I, we stood up. I was like, we go to the living room. I, I want to have, I, I want to say something to you and the girls. You know, we sat them down on the couch. Dora the Explorer is playing in the background. Most annoying little song. I know you have a, a grandchild. <laughs> so you probably come across that little annoying backpack, backpack. Da, 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 da. Anyways, I, I still remember that being in the background. But my, my, I look at my kids, you know, my two daughters, both under the age. Well, one was six, one was four at the time. And uh, of course, my wife, at that point, we'd been together for 10 years. And I, uh, I said, you know, I, and I'm going to go one year without drinking. One year, no alcohol. Mm -hmm. Now, originally I said, just, I'm not going to drink for a year. My, my six-year-old, you know, Chardonnay, she looked up at me. She's like, okay, so no pop, no juice. You know, like she starts listing off all these types of drinks, right? I'm like, okay, no adult drinks. You know, and we had to qualify <laughs> that for her. Um, just yeah. that it was funny because it was actually. You started to get concerned. <laughs> That led me to a very tense situation. You know, it was. Mm -hmm. It was a really hard conversation for me to stop yeah, and to share. Yeah. And that, that little comment, we just, it, we all chuckled. You know, my wife and I, we had a good laugh. And we we're like, oh, man. Because, you know, kids have the, the, the most natural way of diffusing tension. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they just, they, they just do. If you watch kids and how they deal with stressful moments, they often deal with it really well. You know, mm -hmm. but they don't have a plan. It's not like, I'm going to do this and this and this. They just sort of feel into it and do it. We can learn a lot from them. And um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I made that one year commitment and I went cold turkey. It was like right then and there, I stopped drinking, started to, to just live without the alcohol, try to figure out new ways of dealing with my stress. Because like, that, that didn't go away. It was still yeah. there. My yeah. challenges were still there. Yeah. But I took away the crutch to cope or to escape from that. And now I was oh. staring at pain or the challenge yeah. right in the face. And I had to do something about it. You know, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And right. And I got to work. Okay. I, I you know, at that point I'd done so much out external work, you know, cause I was uh -huh. very much about how people perceived me. So I was very good at, at doing the right things and saying the right things and showing up the right way. I, I, you know, this is even before Instagram was what it is. And, but I was already living a filtered life. Okay. Like, right. To, 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 I, I was very good at, at faking it. And, mm -hmm. um, I realized when I took away that crutch, I can't fake it anymore. I, I, I got to yeah. get real with this and I don't want it to stay like this. I want to get better. I want to be the man that I always thought I would be. I want to be a great dad, but I want to be able to say I'm a great dad and believe it. You know, yeah. I, I want people to say yeah. I'm a great husband. I'm a great brother and son and business mm -hmm. owner. Like I, there's all these things I've wanted to say. I'm great at that. Mm -hmm. But deep down, I couldn't because I didn't feel like it was. And uh, oh, I, I got help. Right. I, yeah. I learned how to ask for help. And that was the first time in my life I'd actually got comfortable enough to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, and ask 
of help. And I, I found a great counselor. I found a psychiatrist. I worked with them for on and off about five, six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got to work. You know, I, I did a lot of things that made me very uncomfortable. I, I had to face down a lot of old trauma and, and get mm-hmm. clear on that and work through it so I could have a healthier relationship with myself. Because if I didn't have that, I couldn't have it with others. Yeah. And, uh, at the end of one year, and, and, and I'm not going to go into all the things that I did, but just I want everyone to know there's right. always a path, always a way. But what I did may not be the best for you, but it doesn't yeah. mean you don't try. It doesn't mean oh, you don't have move forward yeah. and try something. And because it's funny, because at the end of the year, my wife, she's like, okay, you've got a whole year. Do you want to celebrate? Share a bottle of wine? And no, but to be better, you know, it was just a relationship with alcohol. I, mm-hmm. I, I never really felt like I was doing things without control. I was always mm-hmm. fully aware of my choices mm-hmm. and I would do them and justify them all the time. Again, it was a value. Mm-hmm. It was a relationship with alcohol. And I said, that was the most important relationship. And I treated it as such. Now that was reversed. And, and, you know, my wife and I, we have that. And she asked me that. And I'm like, you know what? So much good stuff's happened in the last 12 months. As hard as it's been. It's been really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said to my wife, keep going. What yeah. if I just, just keep going, keep doing what I've been doing, keep working on me and just not going back to that crutch, that escape. What if? Yeah. What why, why, why stop? And so 13 years later, I'm still going, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and I, mean, I want everyone to know everything changed in my life. Every aspect of my life changed. And has it improved? Yes. Have I had to work through some big challenges? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is anybody free of that? No. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's okay. But I finally am in a place now, you know, in my mid 40s where I can reflect back and say, you know, I was that guy. Yeah. And that's okay. That guy was part of my history, my story, my origin. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to stay as that. You know? Right. And, and I want everybody to know you have an idea of who you want to be. You have an idea yeah. of the kind of person you want to show up as, the kind of parent, friend, family member, community leader. I mean, whatever it is, you have an idea in your mind that makes you feel good from the inside out. That image is worth pursuing. Yeah. That feeling is worth pursuing. But to get there, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to do a lot of stuff that makes you uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. Oh, yeah. There's going to be days where it's not fun. Yeah. But I can guarantee this one thing. That when you reflect back on all that hard work, as challenging as it was, you'll be able to say, you know what? It's worth it because uh-huh. I'm worth it. That is the piece I wish for everybody. You know, that's, that's what I want. And, and I think everyone's entitled. Yeah, yeah I, I find it interesting that instead of trying to get rid of the symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, of our problems, we get to the root of the problem and make a decision. Okay. I don't want to do this anymore, but I do want to be this person. I do want to work for this goal. And then, you, you know, you come through for yourself. There's, I mean, you can use that formula for everything in your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh gosh. This is like, you know, amazing. That's so good. <laughs> but you know what the funny thing is, is that we are trying to simplify it. And some people might say that's overly simple. And I'm like, yeah, because it should be, you know, like it, it, it we are the ones that add the layers of complexity and make things more hard than they need yes. to be. Like we, mm-hmm. we do that ourselves. Okay. We're mm-hmm. really good at that. You know, like, yeah, it, it, 
the, the old adage or cliche goes, right? We, we make a, a molehill out of an anthill, you know? And yeah. It, it's funny because it's a cliche. We sort of go, ha, ha, ha. But it's, that's <laughs> true. Okay. And that's how cliches yeah. go. It's just like an accepted truth, but it's the truth that's constantly thrown back in our face to the point that right. we're like, cliche. Yeah, but there's mm-hmm. truth in that. And, and if that's the truth, why don't we do something about it? You know, like, yeah. Why not we write that story? You know, like, please. Yeah. Because every single person out there, you hold the pen to your life. You have the notebook. What are you going to yeah. write? <laughs> you know, like, just just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the formula is probably, you know, like you said, simple. But getting the work done is, that's, I mean, it's not simple. It's hard. It's not. You yeah, know. You're right. And especially reminding yourself when you're fighting with that temptation to not do that thing that is, you know, that you've always used before, like that comfortable feeling, you know, something familiar. Instant gratification as well, right? Like, is it's we know that yeah. that thing provide an instant result, and that result will be a temporary relief from whatever we're struggling with. And exactly. Remember, it's that temporary relief. That's only temporary. We know that yeah. after that temporary period wears off, we're right back where we were. And sometimes we do worse than we did before. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, we do. Why do we do this? You know, like, why do I keep beating myself up? It's like, we all have a little bit of ma- masochism in us, right? We're all a little bit of masochist, uh, masochists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, we like that idea of, of hurting ourselves. And, and it's unfortunate, you know? Like, I really feel that way. And I, I can only say that because I still do it. I still have areas in my life where I... I, I may not be living in, within my own integrity. You know, I, mm-hmm. I say certain yeah. things, I have best of intentions of following through, and then I don't follow through. Right. You know, and, right. and I'm always the first that will let myself down. You know, yeah. I do. Yeah. I let myself off the hook. <laughs> right? I, I make excuses for myself. Like, <laughs> but that's the psychology we're all given, you know? Yeah. And, and with that, but right. <laughs> have to practice doing things differently before they become different, you know? Well, I am so glad, Di, that you, we finally were able to get on together and talk about, you know, the wonders of life. <laughs> you know. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So where can people find you online? And, and then give us one last tidbit, cool. you know, before I, you know, someone listening to the podcast, they, before they turn it off, they're like, that was awesome. <laughs> but right, All right. I got I got one, one. Okay, no problem. Well, I'm an easy guy to find if you know how to spell my name, but that's the only problem is most people struggle with that. Okay, so uh, let me just give it to you real quick here. Die, D-A-I. Now, just a little thing. It's a Welsh name for David. In case yeah. anybody okay. was curious, what does die mean? It doesn't mean die, die, die. It's, it's actually uh, the pet form of David. Okay, and, and it's, if anyone's ever seen anything, look up on Google, type in Welsh signs. You will laugh because if you ever came to try to spell any of that with, with, uh, uh, as an example, yes. if you ever play Scrabble like me, you would never be able to use Welsh <laughs> names because they take too many spaces and there's not enough tiles. Okay. So uh, that's why there's a lot of forms of the name like die instead of David, which is like way too long. Um, yeah. Anyways, my, my last name, Manuel. Portuguese last name, M-A-N-U-E-L. <laughs> and I know people are thinking, right, okay, so Welsh and Portuguese, that's quite the mix. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Canadian, don't worry about it, okay? Like, it's okay. 
just the way it is up here. We're all mixed. Hey, together. we're in the Americas, okay? <laughs> That's no, right. We're all, we're all just a nice, beautiful mix of everything, you know? And, um, but if you want to connect with me on social, I am most active. Even though I'm on all of them, I'm most mm-hmm. active on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you send me a direct message or a personal message, just so you know, give me a little bit of grace because I'm the only one that answers those. I don't have anything on my team. I don't allow anybody to touch communications. That is me. So I like that because I'm a relationship guy. So just give me some grace. Yeah. So if you send me a message on Instagram, it might be a couple of days before I get back to you. That's okay. Um, also, my website. If you like anything that Nikki and I have talked about today, I, I've got about mm-hmm. 1,700 published articles on my blog now. And it's all geared oh, to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, blogging. I'm a, as they say, an OG. Now, that's not the, the, the hip-hop version of Original Gangster. It's actually the old guy when it comes to blogging, okay? So I've been blogging. Now, I first saw seven. old guy. Yeah. So I didn't seven. know that he used Original Gangster. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. OG is uh, sort of the hip-hop term there, you know? You're an OG, okay. Original Gangster. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, and my, my old days, of I, I used to love listening to hip-hop back in the late 80s, early 90s. That was like, my, oh, yeah. I was just all in my high school. It was just the end thing to do, right? So uh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> anyways, my website, there's lots of great information there. It's just diamondwall.com. But to sort of leave you with something, you know, those that are watching or listening right now, I, I referenced Buddha earlier. And Buddha, like, I'm not Buddhist. Please recognize, I, I, I appreciate almost all religions but more for the non-secular lessons that they taught, they, they teach us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all have stories. And whatever your religion, I, yeah. I'm happy for people to have a religion. One of my values is faith, okay? But yeah. again, I yeah. the conversation non-secular because the people shut down. As soon as you start bringing up God or faith, so many yeah. people just turn their ears off. <laughs> I'm like, let's <laughs> not reference one religion versus another, but let's say, what do they have to teach us, okay? Yeah. And if you look at Buddha, uh-huh. 2,500 years ago, he said something. And this quote gets often shared with us over and over again. Yeah. He said, this too shall pass. Oh now, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> what did he mean by this too shall pass? He means that things change. Don't worry, things will change. Whatever it is yeah. that you're right now, it will pass. Yeah. Now here's the thing. And it wasn't until I did a Vipassana retreat. And a Vipassana is a 10-day silent retreat where basically you're sitting on a pillow almost every day, all day <laughs> for 10 days. And you're just breathing. It is the, the hardest, but also the most enlightening things I've ever done in my life. Oh, Maybe wow. we'll have a follow-up conversation to that later. But what I learned, okay. <laughs> the meditation teacher, he was talking about this too shall pass. Because the passionate, the meditation style is what's attributed to the Buddha or, or Siddhartha became the enlightened one or the Buddha. Uh-huh was uh-huh. through this meditation style. So that's why I was doing this, this retreat because I struggle with meditation. I mean, getting me to sit down for five minutes and be quiet, <laughs> good, good luck, okay? I think it's because I was so much of an introvert most of my life. As soon as now I get a mic in front of me, I'm like, right? So uh, I've got so much to tell everybody. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. Uh, no, but seriously, when he says this too shall pass, oh, we all go to the negative. We're like, oh yeah, this is hard. It's really hard, but don't worry. I'm going to get through it. And it's going to be okay. That's it's a beautiful uh, line, but yeah, but, yeah. But he was talking about all the great things in our life. Yeah. So that that brand new birthday, that first date, that first kiss, that wedding day, anniversary day, like the day that your mm-hmm. children were born, like yeah, this too shall pass. Which reminds us, 
that everything and anything that makes us up who we are happens in the now. <laughs> it happens yeah. now. And we have to be present for the now. The good, the bad, the, uh, you know, it doesn't matter because it's all going to pass. So enjoy it while you're there. Be present for your life. Oh my gosh. The struggles my, my grandmother said, yeah, she said that. She's like, enjoy it now. Yes. She would say that, enjoy it now. And I was like, but grandma. I love that. I love These that. kids are I driving me crazy. I can't do anything but them. <laughs> you know, who's like, enjoy it now. <laughs> Isn't it funny that we have to, and it always seems to come when we get older and after we've already gotten through it, and then we're trying to pass that wisdom on to the next generation. I know. <laughs> when do people actually start listening? I don't think we had anybody listens to anyone. You know, it's just like we just keep repeating the thing over and over again. But uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. But life is is so dynamic and so so vibrant, and yet we're pretty good at muting it at times. You know, and, uh, yeah. so so unmute yourself. You know, unmute your life. Have fun. Oh. Enjoy it. Make great relationships. Have beautiful experiences. But remember, it all happens right now. So don't be asleep at the wheel. <laughs> it's like i don't care about the tesla with the auto driving car your life is not auto driving all right you are in control, You're in control. get to it yeah that, that's Thank all i got to say. <laughs> i've so enjoyed talking with you <laughs> i just have to say thank you you know because i know often as a podcast host it's rather thankless at times i mean People don't realize how much work and effort goes into producing a podcast. <laughs> and but also that to host a space. And I'm not even good at it. <laughs> you are an awesome man, Nikki. And, and just to say, oh, the fact that you're doing this and creating a space that allows these types of uh, of conversations to happen and to yeah. be shared with all of us as flies on the walls of life. It, yeah. It, it's so beautiful. And thank you. I, I, I was absolutely thank honored you. to be here. <laughs> just want to say thanks. It's been awesome. <laughs> thank you, Di. <laughs> Did you love this episode of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay? Click the link in the description to check out my mixtape list already set up to get you started. If you enjoyed my show Motherhood Unfiltered, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered, and don't forget, it's going to be okay. <laughs>